Hi, you're listening to the Prospect Roads podcast with Niall Lawler and Ewan Friars. Companions and loyal followers of the Prospect Roads podcast, welcome to episode 17. And in an ever-increasing effort to expand our geographical horizons, my voice is reaching Niall Lawler in British Columbia, Canada, from our spiritual home here on Ireland's north coast. So using a transmitter and satellite, we bring you the first ever transatlantic Prospect Roads podcast. Niall Lawler, how the hell are you? I'm good, man. How are you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's working. It's freaking working. Okay. Um let's do a timeline. So the last podcast we were together in uh, southern France. Yep. Yeah. Uh w- your travels since then. Let's hear it. Run okay. down. Okay. So uh the last so yeah, so I left France that was I think the Wednesday. Um we got into Belfast that night. Um, we opened all the windows in the house, <laughs> let it air out. <laughs> yeah yeah sorry about that that. um but yeah that that was that was a lovely time so we got back to belfast and we kind of just uh like sped through all all the goodbyes you know um i actually managed to get one last game of football in from my football team Uh, went for a night out and a meal with loads of friends and then me and my girlfriend went to our parents house for a couple of days and then we got our flights to canada so that's a pro goodbye yeah, it was it was very quick, very efficient. So covering all bases. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but this is the first time that I've ever kind of went on a long flight. So it was about three different like five hour flights with like really long layovers. Um, yeah. Ouch. And uh, yeah, it's it's really disorientating. <laughs> like, yeah, I'd say so. Really and disorientating. Someone that like I've travelled with, you know, you, you I've seen you get disorientated on a drive <laughs> from like Belfast to Dublin. <laughs> yeah yeah i can't even imagine what you were like i mean it really it did kind of start to feel like um you know like interstellar (laughs) yeah it was like you know i'd like call home and it was like like way far in the future and everyone was all older but um yeah you open up and open up a box and matt damon's inside yeah i mean it's funny because like (laughs) like traveling in this way is probably really normal for everyone but at the time i thought i was going through this like mammoth yeah like galaxy wide like quest then you know once once i got into canada and walked outside it was like wow the world is so different another (laughs) planet yeah it really felt like that um but immediately immediately as we got in we got into a flight from so it was dublin to st john's which is like really not that far away from ireland if you look at a map you know it's like the very very east coast of canada and that's like newfoundland or something yeah yeah that's it yeah and um it was really cold, so it didn't really feel very different, but I only went outside for two minutes, but then we got from St. John's to Halifax in Toronto. But as soon as we got on that flight, so it was like, you know, about eight hours in, we hadn't really had much sleep. And I think, you know, you kind of get groggy, and I was sat down on the flight, and I was in the, you know, there's like three seats, I was in the middle one, and this, uh-huh. uh, I got, there's no other way of saying it, but this obese man sat beside me and was like spilling into my seat and all. And I was, spilling and, and I was just you know kind of like all hunched up and trying to like 
let let him have as much space as possible. And I was like, this is going to be a nightmare for five hours. And then he turned around to me and bear in mind, this is probably like my first like casual interaction with a Canadian person in Canada. And he looked around and said, tough Briggs sitting next to the fat guy, eh? (laughs) (laughs) But like in exactly those terms, you know, like, you know, the A and all. So good. I wonder, does he say that every time? Yeah. God bless him. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so that really put me at ease and we chatted the whole time and he was really f- happy-go-lucky, jolly man. And he, he kept, we were telling him about what our plan was and he was, he just kept on put like, you know, those like kind of like slogans that you'd imagine seeing on Twitter or Facebook. And he, he kept, anytime I'd tell him, I was like, you know, we were working these jobs in Belfast and we just kind of fancied a change. And he was like, oh, tell me about it. Everyone's in a rush to get nowhere. <laughs> he kept saying stuff like that, and then he and uh, but so that was a nice introduction. And then from then we got the flight from Toronto to Vancouver, and it was we were just so beat by that stage. We got into our hostel and went down for the night. Bam. Yeah. Yeah. We spent two weeks in Vancouver, just kind of on a glorified holiday uh, because we knew we were coming out to Penticton. Which was which was really cool, and it, you know, it put us at ease. You know, we didn't have to worry about like trying to get work or trying to. We just had to get like bank accounts set up, and then the rest of the time we could just relax and explore. Yeah, and um, well, obviously, people will find out, but the uh, you did you did the podcast when you were in your Vancouver. Yeah. Uh, break. What else did you get up to in the city? The first day we got in, it was really wet and windy, and we went down to the beach, and it was kind of like you know the beaches in say Donegal or like uh, somewhere like in Galway. Yeah. When it's wet and windy and there's no one on them, mm-hmm. and it it's kind of like nice and tranquil in a way, but you know it it definitely seems like winter. It yeah, kind of was. Brutal. It was quite like that. There was like no one about. It was really empty. I was like, yeah. this, this is kind of weird. And then we walked about a bit more. And then because we were so tired from all the flights, we went back and had a nap. And then we got up again and it was really sunny. And we went down to the same beach and like people were playing volleyball. Uh, there was loads of people sitting watching the sunset. There's like logs everywhere. So like all these people were having barbecues. And it felt, you know, all right. Not like Donegal. Yeah. Okay. This is like <laughs> LA now. Um, and then we went to a place called Deep Cove for uh, quite a short hike, but it was very nice. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think what else we did. It was a lot of hikes. We went to a place called the Stowamus Chief, and it's like a maybe I think it's like a five or six hour hike. It probably took us like seven because we relaxed so much on it. But it has three peaks, and it's oh, like cool. yeah, really. I would say out of all the hikes I've done, probably would have been one of the more difficult. It's mm. kind of similar. Do you know the Seven Peaks in Newcastle? Yeah, where you wow. you get to the top and then you go down and then you go up again. Yes, yeah. That, but you don't want to go to the full way down, so it wasn't like quite. The, it wasn't quite that bad. But the, I mean, the views from the top were like totally stunning. Um, yeah. And it, that was yeah, that was really cool. Uh, and then we, I think we did a few more hikes, but that was definitely the standout. You also went on a. You, well, you sent me pictures, or maybe you just pulled them off a website somewhere. But you went on a whale watch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of hard to remember it. Um, <laughs> Not that, but just everything together. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, that that was really cool. Actually, um, went out to a wee town called Steveston, got on a boat, and we were kind of just we're, so you go out and it's like if you don't see any whales, you get your money back or something like that. Um, you know, in my head, I'm like it'll be typical that this will be the day where we won't, you know, 
and it's like I don't even care about it I don't want my money back <laughs> just want to see some whales god damn it um, but as soon as we pulled out we we were driving past this like kind of rock formation and we seen loads of sea lions yeah. and they were all just chilling and that that, that in itself was kind of cool you know I, I don't think I've ever seen them before especially not that up close and then yeah, yeah, yeah. I seen an eagle a, a golden eagle is it well, the picture you sent me was a bald eagle. Bald eagle, was it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. As you can tell, I'm not too clued in about that. <laughs> it was definitely right. an eagle. Um, <laughs> that was really cool. And, you know, it, it sat perched upon like a island thing that maybe someone would use. Uh, and it just started flying away. And it was like, wow, that's class. I, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that before. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but then after that, we made our way to the kind of open water and it it took a while because well the woman was saying that one of the males was strayed from the pack and she, she's like she was saying that in 10 years she'd never seen anything like it and she's then she mentioned the um potentially they do that if they're dying and i was like oh no <laughs> like the one time we do it that'll be so bleak but then the the stray male made its way back to the pack and then we started seeing them everywhere floating about like or uh, coming up above the water it was really oh yeah it was floating amazing about. kind of sounds like they are dead <laughs> yeah so, <laughs> just they just all raised to the top and they, they just stayed there <laughs> but that was um i mean it's always amazing to see wildlife that you can't you can't see in ireland or well i haven't seen in ireland no you can't see it in parts but um yeah yeah for sure no it sounds like you really yeah made the most of your location yeah and, and then so I feel, sorry just there. just one one thing I like I kept thinking like I am enjoying this uh, but I kept thinking you know yourself and I've got another friend Philip who who was the one that was very adamant that I went to see the orcas I was like I think you sort of enjoy it so much more or even like if you were there with me you know I think I, I would vibe through you just because <laughs> you are you are so so into it but um no it's cool yeah but maybe like maybe not having someone who's into it is kind of like it's better in a way because you know they would be like oh well we didn't see the subspecies that i was after (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. i'm just like all right just let me get my photo and then can we go back i'm getting seasick (laughs) now jesus okay so moving on from there where where have you been since or what have you been up to since vancouver um so we after yeah after two weeks in a hostel we came out to Penticton and I think we were quite happy about that because I, I've always said I really like staying in hostels when I travel places. It's a nice way to meet people and I, I don't really care about comfy like comfiness of beds. I just, you know, it's fine. And it kind of gives you motivation to get up and get out. But um, I was actually born in a hostel. That's uh, a fun fact for anyone. Um, <laughs> really? No, sorry, sorry. Uh, I, I wasn't born in a hostel. I was born and lived my first, like, two years in a hostel. I don't remember it, but... Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah so it does get a bit draining and it kind of has this effect where you irrationally start to hate like or, or love nationalities of people on the basis of one nice or awful person if you know what I mean oh yes it's a social experiment really. yeah yeah so it's like you know politics. yeah it really is I mean we were sitting in a hostel in Barcelona and these like Italian guys were being really like kind of creepy to these like English girls and immediately you're like oh the Italians you know <laughs> but then <laughs> that's not cool but then no. you know we we start chatting to this like American girl and you're like yeah cool Americans it just kind of has that because you're in such a heated environment you just form these irrational opinions yeah well but, at least you're keeping it in check yeah 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 uh, but anyway yeah so we moved out to a town called Penticton 
we're staying on a place called God's Mountain Estate, which is pretty grandiose, but it's not a religious retreat that it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, is it like the, ho- the, the home place of your new cult in Al Holler? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, when I told my parents, I think they were a bit wary because they thought I was, you know, joining, yeah, joining a cult pretty much. <laughs> but, um, or I, as I said to, as I said to the, the woman who owns it, it, can, it almost feels like a metaphor for death. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to God's mountain. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. I'm or kind like of, heaven I'm, or something. Yeah, like uh, kind of get on my on my way there. It's like yeah. I'm on I'm on God's mountain. The next step is heaven, <laughs> but yeah. but I, I, as long as as long as I'm not dead and I'm imagining all this, then hopefully 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 that's not the case. True. But uh, yeah, no, it's a really nice. We're staying on a. It's kind of like a luxury bed and breakfast. We're just um, working and living here, uh, and we're definitely doing a lot more living than working because the work isn't that difficult. So well, um, yeah, living. It's, yeah, it's really nice. Uh, it's got a nice salt water pool beautiful views over the Skaha Lake and really lovely wine as well because it's a, it's a massive wine district so like, you kind of get all the local wine in but um, the place is lovely and the people who work here are really really um, cool there's a a pompous Brit as he calls himself he's called Peter and then there's an angry German called Lilo amongst other people but they're the, they're the kind of fun kind of stereotypes <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Well, do you want to do you want to talk uh, like give a heads up about the guest we have this uh, episode, or will we get straight into it? Yeah. Well, just I guess we'll mention that we met him three axes off because he used to put on gigs for us in Galway. Yeah. Um, and he was always the most like outgoing, friendly. <laughs> Yeah, totally. I, I, I can't. It's hard to describe. You just got to meet him. He's very like, ah, you know, he'll grab you and give you a big hug, and then give you another hug, and then tell you how gorgeous you are, and then call you ugly, and then push you away and hug you again. He's just very like, just very kind of hyper and lovable. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, I was kind of thinking about it because I hadn't even heard his voice in so long, and then yeah. I, you you sent me the the audio of the the interview, and yeah, it brought a big smile to my face and. I kind of like when we started going down to play gigs that he was involved in or, you know, pl- was playing also. It was like, it was a time where we were becoming really disillusioned with like the punk scene in Belfast. Yes. Yeah. That, we that, were, we, that's a really like, good we were, point. Yeah. We were moving away from like punk gigs in our home city. And then we just started going down to Galway and whatever way it happened, we started playing in their punk scene. And it, like, I think Galway and more. Sp- more specifically, he gave us sort of faith back into like punk in a way, or like yeah. what we the, the the punk that we kind of read about growing up and really wanted to aspire to. You know, it was like we got faith in that again, going down to Galway and stuff, doing those shows. Yeah, um, that's yeah, that's a really good point. Um, it was a really cool scene, and we talk a bit about it in the podcast just how like loads of great bands, but loads of like lovely people, and just a cool ethos. Yeah, it was a good time, definitely. Yeah, really, really exciting time. And I and I thought, you know, I think it's funny because I think it comes across in the podcast. But you know, we talk about maybe it's the stereotypes of straight edge or vegans, and you know, very like as if they're like very serious people. Whereas if you ever met this person, <laughs> he's so far removed. He's so different from that. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. He he doesn't take himself too seriously. No, which not is always important. not at all. He, he's just a, a very nice guy. But um, yeah, I, ho- I hope you enjoy. Um, also, tell me a little bit about the gigs you're going to be running on the north coast. 
Oh yeah, I'll, I'll mention that. Um, so was it episode three? We had Dara, my sister's husband and yeah. co-owner of Ursa Minor. Uh, I'm kind of like working a little bit now that I'm back in in Ireland. I'm working for those guys at Ursa Minor, and um, I just yeah, it was, I suppose it comes from maybe us talking a lot about the scene in Northern Ireland and um, like the kind of things in Belfast at the minute and I was like well we should try and do something a little bit different on the north coast and and very different in Ballycastle for example where their cafe is situated we're just going to run um, some I guess acoustic or like stripped back gigs yeah. in, in their space that they've got and it's like kind of like 30 people capacity um, just a couple of acts that we can put on and uh, it'll be like a bring your own event and then Kira and Daryl do some food and coffee and stuff mm. as well so it's it's like it's really weird for me because I'm putting on a DIY like Matt Kelly's esque show that we would have done years and years, but I'm not preparing for people to like go mental and break the place <laughs> apart because yeah. it's going to be stripped back, relaxed yeah. music. So yeah, it's taking our like kind of DIY ethos and just applying it to their yeah. space. So it's great. The first one, yeah, the first one's coming up this month. We've got Empty Lungs, which are good friends from Belfast, and then uh, uh, Anna Zanker, who's Marty Ryan from Limerick, and he's been a, a guy that's kind of kept in contact with Axis of over the years as a fan of the band kind of like you know he, he, he was always really interested in our I guess our like lyrics mythology or yeah. our like our trips to Shetland or different little island projects so he's yeah. he's always kept in contact with me so he's doing a tour from Mizzen to Malin which is furthest south in Ireland to the furthest north and he's coming over to Ballycastle to do this oh, show so that's yeah. amazing yeah I'm really excited about it so yeah. um if the first one goes well, yeah, I guess we're, it's going to turn into a, maybe a more regular thing. Yeah, well, hopefully, hopefully it does. Um, and it's a good way of getting people maybe outside of Ballycastle to feast on the delicious produce of Ursa Minor. Definitely. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's bringing a kind of new... It's it's cool. It's like I'm, I'm looking at the ticket sales at the minute and I sort of recognize some of the names as like regulars in the shop. Yeah. And then I recognize some of the names as like you know, fans of Empty Lungs or whatever, so yeah. it'll be a nice sort nice of like melting. Yeah, and yeah. You, you don't really know, I guess. It might there might be people in Ballycastle who have been longing for something like that. I think there is. You know, and, and there'll be a is. kind of audience for that, which is cool. Yeah, there's a really there's a really cool renaissance happening over there in that town. So, awesome. um, Also, I wanted to add just a quick note before we start that on the last, I think it was the last podcast, we were talking about um, the Belfast scene and maybe getting a little bit doom and gloom about music. Um, and we had a comment on our SoundCloud from a guy called Keelan McCauley and he gave me a, a, basically a, a playlist of new NI bands and was like, there's, there's loads happening, check out these new bands. And they're all, well, many of the bands were on their first demo or their first EP or whatever. So it, he was like, you know, there's a great future ahead kind of thing. So yeah. um, thank you for, thank you, number one, for the playlist. And yeah. Well, maybe we'll, we'll repost it off our Twitter and stuff when, we, when yeah. this goes out. Let's do it, yeah. We're so, such Samaritans, you know. We're, yeah, Philistines. <laughs> More than anything, we're Philistines. Philanthropists. Well, with that too, yeah. <laughs> uh, so thanks, Keelan. And then uh, thank you, Niall, for talking to me all the way across the world. I know, it's, it's mental. It's crazy. Welcome to the 17th episode of The Prospect Roads. I'm here with my old friend Mick McCann, <laughs> who I would describe as a, first of all, a gentleman. Ooh. Uh, he's, he's, he's a vegan. 
straight edge and he is a transatlantic still fat punk rock god <laughs> still fat <laughs> if ever you needed reason to see that veganism is not a way to be skinny <laughs> yeah. look at this man yeah. but you can't because it's a podcast how's it going? <laughs> slabcast it's You're going good. really good I'm really happy to see you here yeah it's good it brings back a lot of beautiful memories <laughs> we're sitting in a <laughs> in a dark night in Vancouver but yeah. it's still very warm which is very pleasant yeah it's not raining no it's very nice so you're, um, you grew up in Michigan, America. Yes. And then as a teenager, was it? You moved? Yeah, I moved back to Ireland when we were 12. So you moved to Galway? Yeah. And now you're in Vancouver? Now we're in Vancouver. So talk us through growing up in those places, moving in between them, and what it, like what, how the, the moves kind of impacted on you. Um, well, I would say, well, I guess my parents left when they were seven months pregnant with me. They left Ireland. Uh, so I was conceived in Ireland, okay. which is the most important part. Yeah. Uh, born, 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 not born, bred. <laughs> born, yeah, born, not bred. <laughs> and then I lived in, moved, born to the States in Michigan. Um, and then we stayed there till I was 12, I think, maybe 13. So there I would have identified uh, only as being Irish because that's what you hold on to. And that's all my family was only Irish. Yeah. So my parents were, I guess, first generation. I don't know, maybe I was first generation. But now I've moved back, so maybe I'm just like a 0.5 generation, I'm okay. not sure. Um, and, then, and then moving back to Ireland, people would hear the accent and they would, you were automatically American. So I found that a bit of a yeah. culture being like, no, I'm from here. But well, I'm like, Irish. Yeah, I'm just like, like you. Yeah, it's like, my, I'm as pale as you are. I'm as prone <laughs> to depression as you are. I'm as freckly as you are. Um, but and then, so that was a bit of a, like, oh, fuck, I guess I'm not. But yeah. So that took so many years. I guess of being called a yank until you were like, oh, he's been here long enough yeah. that he can uh, be called a mick now. But were you happy enough going back to Ireland? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think the first we lived, we were in the middle of nowhere, really depressing, pretty probably pretty pretty poor area. Is this in Ireland? Yeah, this yeah. is in Ireland. And uh, to a place called Dunmore, which is outside Tume in Galway. Okay. So it's really small, somewhat closed-minded in some ways, but still good. No, it's not even that pretty. Okay. But the rest of Ireland is gorgeous, <laughs> except go for so that far? one village. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but, it's, it's kind of tough that you ended up in the one place in Galway yeah, that doesn't look incredible. If I moved to Galway, it would have been a lot better life, I think. But Dunmore really wasn't. It wasn't welcoming for any sort of open-minded views, I suppose. Yeah. So I found that pretty tough. But then moving up to Galway at 17 or 18, and then seeing like, oh, fuck, there's punk bands coming through. and Yeah these ideas you see bands coming from Sweden who are all into animal rights or anarchist or feminist yeah. so it was, that was my that, mind that, blown that was going to be my next question was you're, you're straight edge and you're vegan <clears throat> yeah um, how did those places was one place more influential than the other in um, terms of like bringing those ideas to you originally it was ve- uh, straight edge or no was it it was veggie I think I went veggie Italian when I was 16 and then right a week after, I think I went straight edge. I think I was mostly being probably quiet, awkward in a small village. And every village in Ireland is a heavily drinking culture. Yeah. So I think I went there. And I, I think nerves were probably a thing of why I claimed edge. Oh, really? The idea of like, oh, shit, I'm so afraid of alcohol. That's interesting because I think like when I was quite, not, I, I was quite shy and yeah. quiet when I was younger. And I still am to a certain extent. And my coping mechanism was drinking, obviously. Yeah, so it's like you can go both ways. I, I was like, wow, look at this courage I'm getting. Yeah. I have to drink more, <laughs> more yeah, and more. And I think I could have went that way. Yeah. But uh, I was so I was so nervous to talk to people. And when you talk to me, you go out to pubs, and that's what yeah. you do in Ireland. You don't. 
there people don't go like well they do but the idea of like oh let's go camping just doesn't really pop up or let's, yeah yeah it's, 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 like, it's a very naturally it's, it's, it's always the thing the you fall step. back on like let's go for a drink it's yeah so i found i think fear was it and then i'm not in my stomach and then and i was like oh then you listen to some bands they're like oh you don't have to drink and then i was yeah. like you're not like a loser you're straight edge yeah sometimes they're hand in hand but <laughs> it goes both ways in this case I, it helped me it definitely helped me and then it made me I used to be so quiet and nervous that if you're not going to drink in Ireland you have to be able to yeah. hold it you have to yeah, be able kind of to, give you strength yeah you have to still be able to have the crack or you're just not going to be able yeah. to tolerate it well that's the thing it's like now to me after you know drinking for so long it's it seems totally alien, but if you just never did, then it would be fine. Yeah. You know, it's, it's it's yeah, it's definitely like I never I never got drunk, but I've never been drunk yeah. before. And so. you you know you hear about the people who go off drink at some stage, or even go off a, a drink for a month for charity, and it's this yeah. massive deal. Whereas Absolutely. you know, if you just never started, then it's fine. It's kind of yeah. like it's kind of like smoking to me. Yeah, you know, people doesn't... make a massive deal about smoking, and I'm like, it's fine. Just, yeah, just never started. It's like eating rocks. I've never eaten them before, <laughs> yeah. so I don't have to. Yeah, just totally. Eat rocks. And and with regards to veganism. Was that is that something that you got through Galway? Uh, yeah, I think yeah, uh, I think I went veggie just from all the punk bands years ago, and then back then like it's pretty common for punks to be veggie. I think it was like pretty yeah, standard totally. for like at least half of the punks would be. Yeah, there. I think it was pretty common. And then my I think the guys from Chewing on Tinfoil, if you know them, Anto yeah, the and yeah, Dublin based, aren't uh, they? They played in Belfast yeah. like three weeks ago, but I wasn't there. Yeah, they're great. But Anto and Ben, uh, they were the first vegans I ever met. <clears throat> and then my brother went vegan after that. He broke it five years later. But um, And they were the first vegans I ever met. I was like, oh, fuck, that's so hard. How could anyone do that? That's like, yeah, you have to be living in L.A. and totally, somewhere yeah. fancy like that. And then I was like, oh, shit, you can do it. And then I worked in a health store for years, and that made me probably a little bit smarter. Yeah. And then I became more aware. And I was, I think... I didn't really have much knowledge of it. I just knew I didn't didn't want to be a part of the industry, and then um, I just got more knowledge through it, and then it just reaffirmed my. Uh, I think, and you think like the kind of education you got of it like pushed you further into it rather yeah. than some maybe some people will kind of. I guess it depends on where your angle lies, but some people will read up about it and make excuses. Some not yeah. excuses, but yeah, like kind of look into it and be like, well, this doesn't actually make that big of a difference. Yeah. Where some people like yourself, you know, would read up about it more and think, yes, this is a worthy yeah. thing to do, or it's I think worthwhile. So, yeah. yeah, I think like, in I try to view everything like is if I'm sitting down eating a meal, how much pain was put into this meal? I mean, yeah. that's if you can. I mean, like, look, those jeans I'm wearing, I'm sure. Oh, I mean, yeah, I got yeah. them half price, cost sale, but yeah. <laughs> they're probably. I think it's all about doing the best you can. So I don't think to expect the whole world to go vegan. I think is kind of insulting in some ways to assume that everyone can do it and yeah. like I can't sit there and yell at people aboriginal people in different parts of the world and be like you can do you have to do this because that's in, I think that is nature yeah. in the past to rely to on like we, we did that's how our, uh, yeah our, I think I think there's definitely maybe an assumption that like all vegans think or all vegetarians think that everyone should go vegan and that yeah. all, all meat is bad and yeah. whereas like it's more so the meat industry yeah I think it's that it? I think, and it's always down to like uh, for me, it was always if you have to kill, like our ancestors did, yeah. uh, then kill. If you don't have to kill, then don't kill. And that was like the basis. It's kind of pretty basic and pretty yeah. logical. Yeah. So if you, if like your people are saying like if you're dead, starving on a desert island, would you? And I, I, probably, I mean, I'm, I'd like to say no, but I, it's just your. Well, yeah. I mean, situation. I, th- I think that, that, yeah, in that situation, you kind of do harker back to your ancestors. Yeah. It's yeah, like I don't really know. Maybe as natural, you know, some people maybe throw out the. 
it's only natural for us to you know yeah. the whole food chain thing but in that situation all those all those like uh, arguments become true yeah because I don't yeah, yeah we never never been in and then you're like well you're not in that situation yeah. you have the option of going and grabbing a carton of soy milk or almond milk or yeah. like milk cow milk which is the male cows are always killed for that or or they're put into the veal industry or they're the female cows are forcefully impregnated up to seven times in their two-year lifespan um you have those two options and it's yeah, easy for me yeah. just to opt for the one that doesn't require pain yeah um and it is it is definitely a it's, it's definitely it's yeah. a choice that you can make i mean not and that's the thing yeah, not everyone in the world can you yeah know, there's for some, sure there's obviously some well there's some very probably like very working class very poor communities that don't yeah. receive any kind of education on this yeah or you don't have um, the option of getting a yeah yeah, so, yeah so, i think it's you can never if you always just have to do the best you can with what you can yeah, and I'm living in. I was living in Ireland, which wasn't the easiest place in the world. I traveled to Europe many times, years, and I was always vegan throughout. The, I've never broken veganism in nine years or something. Well, um, so I don't think it was that hard. But I mean, it definitely is. Yeah, people have been in more awkward think, situations yeah. than me. Totally. Yeah. Um, do well, always do the best, and I don't like if you're poor and you're homeless and you're eating out of a wherever you're getting. Do whatever you have to do. Yeah, of course. No one's. Yeah. And that's the one thing I, I was I've always struggled with. Um, I'm not fully vegan. Yeah. I'm making steps towards it. I've been vegetarian for quite a few years. Oh, amazing! And I struggle to have conversations. But I think you know, there's like this, um, like people maybe assume there's a well, this kind of idea that all vegans are are like misconception that all vegans are uptight or like they're preachy yeah. or they, they're easily offended. And in my experience, well, just my personal experience, yeah. that hasn't been the case. You know, it's yeah. people are generally quite vegans are quite open-minded and yeah they want to talk about it uh, just out of interest yeah. more, more so than anything but personally I, I find it quite i struggle to chat about it but i think that's more to do with me being awkward yeah <laughs> and, and wanting to avoid confrontation than anything else absolutely but like I, how, how important do you find talking about it because i guess you're I, like it's um, pretty i feel it pretty important because um it was people talking to me that brought it up for me. Yeah. And no one, I think being, pre there's, there is being preachy for sure. And you have to, you be aware of that. But you also have to, I don't know, it's hard, it's hard to say. We have to take, a like you, you have to make people accountable for what they're doing as well. So like an industry, um, like Dairyland has to be taken account for what it's doing. Yeah. So it's like being preachy. It's like, yeah, but we should always, we should always fight any, well, I think, I think, I, I think, yeah. Fight, if we yeah. can, if we fight it in all forms of oppression, whether and it's I, I women's think, rights, yeah, animals' totally. rights, and I think passion does get like confused for yeah. being preachy because if you're not like in the past, I would maybe have been quite um, defensive about you know feminism, yeah, and would have been like, well, I don't do that, you know, yeah. how dare it's you talk to me about that, you know, you're you're. Whereas now I kind of realize, no, that's just someone talking passionately, passionately about something that I wasn't very aware of. Yeah, I, mean, I was as well. You know, so totally. so you immediately went on the attack. Whereas For now sure. I, I think I'm quite, I've like come around to, I'm, yeah. I'm a lot more open minded to those things. And it's not them attacking you. Yeah, as yeah, they're well. they're just talking about passionately about yeah. something that they that, that they they feel very strongly about. Yeah. you know, God forbid someone have some kind passion, of like moral yeah. kind of compass on. And this it world. is hard to uh, sometimes to hold back. Especially if you're doing protests and stuff like that, and people will come up with you like like last week with a hot dog and shove it in your face. Yeah. Like, how do you not knock their teeth in? <laughs> you know, it's re it is really difficult when you're like, no, because I like to like to say the peacefulest protests yeah, are totally. peaceful is the way to do it. Obviously, I'm all for like taking animals out of the cages and freeing bringing sanctuaries. Yeah. I don't want violence on anyone, but I have no problems with that. But um, 
So it's hard to be peaceful and speak to people with manners still, even if they're being insulting to you. And yeah, treat them with respect. Yeah. Because I think that can be bad in any anti oppression movement, um, in anyone to yeah. be so be aggressive. It doesn't really help. Well, the, I mean, that's a, the like shit sticks in movements because you know, and I, you see it online all the time. Like one vegan does something irrational and, and they like, branded the whole and thing. you know a million people are commenting like see this is typical this is what Absolutely. vegans do and it's like well think about all the vegans that have you know give up their lives like yeah. to like protest sanctuaries and to like protests. free animals and to like make the world a better place yeah. for many animals so it's like yeah something you see online all the time yeah it's comment like sections people still rip on feminists from like 1992 about something that you know <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. they're they, all feminists yeah. Yeah. Femin- they just pulled on everything it's yeah. like no, I mean, like, there's going to be one idiot vegan for sure, and there's going to be one oh, idiot totally. feminist and one idiot anti-racist, probably, yeah, I'm assuming yeah, there's one, yeah. and that just brand Well, brands. one idiot environmentalist. Yeah, there's always like, going to be, like, one that just people like to lump it in. But that, that, that news story sticks yeah. more because, I mean, vegan is nice and is pleasant, isn't really yeah. something that, like, the lad no. Bible on Facebook are going to be interested in, Absolutely. but, like when one vegan steals a dog from a homeless person or something like that, then it's, you know, Absolutely, all yeah. vegans everywhere. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's, that's an easy way to destroy a movement or to disvalid, is disvalidate a word? I don't know. Invalidate a movement by saying this one person did this, so that means I can do this. Or like a lot of people be like, oh, I buy humane meat, which is I don't really believe there is such thing as humane meat, but I buy humane meat one day a week, so that validates me eating McDonald's for the rest of the week. Yeah, it's kind of like there's no such thing as humane meat if the animal didn't want to die. So yeah, it's a simple. Yeah, well, um, you could eat me after I'm gone. Well, I will. <laughs> I have. I snuck some meat into our dinner. <laughs> into the cookies. Yeah, yeah. Mick made me a very nice vegan dinner tonight. So it was. <laughs> it was pretty good, actually. It was hearty. Yeah. I'm, I'm not all. I just. I don't want quinoa all the time. I say I'm gonna get. I'm gonna become a fat vegan like yeah, you. <laughs> yeah, and all Damn. my housemates. <laughs> yeah, um, but you were chatting there. You know, you've, you're quite active in terms of going to protests. Like yeah. Recently, you've been to one, an environmental protest, yeah. and then there was an animal rights one. Can you speak about them at all? Uh, yeah. So last week was the pipeline that they're bringing through, um, which is horrible because they're always going through indigenous land and screwing over the First Nations people here, yeah. as well as the animals that are here as well as destroying the water that these people have been living with for thousands and thousands of years. It's just a colonial mindset like they did in Ireland, like they did in Australia, like they did all over the world. Come in here, destroy someone's land, and don't even ask permission. Yeah. And they're doing that. So we were in a protest on Saturday. That was a good protest. It was like a big one. It was very planned out. And then I went to protest last, um, the day before, at this, this farm called Alder Acres, and they... They're kind of creepy because they do like a petting zoo for all of the, they raise money for themselves in a petting zoo. Um, and then all the profits go to them. And then all the pigs, once they're of age, they get slaughtered. So it's a total like cognitive dissonance, I think, yeah. into uh, to what they're doing. Cause they're like petting them, these pigs, like, oh, they're so cute and lovely yeah. until it gets to my Kind of like raising, like, cause it's obviously marketed at kids. So it's like yeah. raising compassion and like respect yeah. towards animals and then not showing any yeah. of it themselves. I think if you if someone dragged a pig into the middle of the city and shot them in the head, the everyone around would be like, "Fuck, get away! Don't hurt them! Don't hurt them!" Because that's our human instinct, our yeah, animal yeah. instinct, is to protect our, the other other beings 
until it inconveniences us. So yeah. that was kind of weird. And then they let the tires out of all of our cars, <laughs> which was really annoying. We had to hand pump all of our tires and then try to stick hot dogs in our faces. And we offered them really good food. And we spoke to a few of them, and one was actually a family was going vegan, and then we encouraged them to go to an animal sanctuary and said, yeah. so like a lot of vegans are animal rights people, they're not screaming at zoo. Well, we don't want zoos, but they're asking zoos to res- um, transfer over into animal sanctuaries, yeah. which means there's no profit made off the animals. Once the animals are of age or safe, then they put them into the wild. If possible, if not possible, they'll just take care of them. Yeah. So there's no profit being made. We go to this zoo protest, this big um, Vancouver's Greater Zoo, and their tickets are like $24 and 25 cents goes towards conservation. Yeah. But they really brand them like greenwashing. Um, and the conditions are really horrible. Oh, you really? see the animals are really shit on. They always, they're always dying with being transferred or transported over. Yeah. So it's really depressing. Yeah. But I think the zoos and aquariums are definitely getting backlash. Yeah. So I say in the next 20 years, I can't they see might many be. lasting too yeah. long. And like what I've seen happen in this area, they're definitely dropping. Yeah. Thankfully. Uh, you, you were mentioned there about the like pipeline. Yeah. You say it's, it's like going through Vancouver? or It's, it's going to be outskirts? going through Burnaby, I yeah. believe. Which is, yeah, it's like outside here. Yeah. No, just because uh, since I've been here and since um, I read up about, apparently, well, there's a statement that Vancouver wants to be the greenest city by 2020 yeah. in, the, in the world. Is that, yeah. Like, do you think, is that in any way, are they like act- actively trying to pursue that or is that just a kind of... I think front? like the, the general people here are definitely, I would say, greener. Yeah. That sounds ignorant, but they definitely, from my from me living here for four years, I definitely are way more into recycling yeah um, than I would find in other places yeah um, so they definitely have that going for us yeah. oh even at the hostel I'm staying at it's very it's kind pretty of regimented good. you know it's it's a bit not quite a party hostel but yeah. it's you know uh, kind of a lot of people passing through backpacking or just like going on holidays yeah and even there you know it's there it's like there's not just this is the bin it's yeah. like all it's pretty cool and my job is segregated yeah yeah it's re- it's actually really I really really like that about here yeah, yeah it's, it's a nice vibe yeah I think a lot of people from Canada come here for that yeah and I don't know if that's yeah it's, it's that something that you know David Cameron kind of is saying that he's yeah. making all these steps towards going green whilst like slashing any like uh, investment in yeah renewable energy but Hopefully not. Yeah, hopefully not. <laughs> yeah. Um, and since I've been here, I've noticed there is a bit of an issue in terms of, like, there's a lot of homeless people. I don't know if it's just the area I'm in, yeah. which is Granville Street. Oh, yeah, that would have a lot of... Yeah, and, and it's... I mean, it's in, I'm sure it's an issue in a lot of the major cities, but it's. I think it's been especially bad yeah, here. Yeah, it's pretty... It's like in, I think from me traveling, whatever I've traveled, it's definitely here, it's like a concentrated, pretty concentrated yeah, area. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they definitely do have a sense of community about them. Yeah. Um... Where I know, and it's definitely, I find it being, I find almost sometimes being more comfortable being on Maine and Hastings than I do in the richer areas, yeah. I find. I yeah. find they speak to me more with respect, and there's definitely a sense of community there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they definitely are totally downtrodden in a lot yeah. of ways. Um, the, th- the thing is, I mean, they're like, uh, just because a lot of them would ask me for money and yeah very respectful and yeah, polite absolutely like I know when, and, and I, I feel I'm there at three in the morning and I've never felt unsafe yeah totally yeah, being, no, I've never yeah I've never felt intimidated no, at all it's, even it's in like the kinda, smallest village in Ireland yeah. I would get started on yeah um, but here I never have never felt no scared really which is really weird <laughs> yeah. yeah I don't get started on at all in the city yeah 
Yeah, that's good. Miss uh, the aggro sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just to finish up on, you were part of the Galway scene. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure what years we'll say. Uh, we were like 2006 to 2012, I yeah. guess. Probably like 18 to 17 to 25. Yeah. I'd say. I, yeah. I mean, as someone from the outside, I, I look back on that as like a quite a romantically, you know? Oh, yeah, it was the best. Like, I'd be hearing these bands on MySpace. Yeah, that's like, oh, I wonder going dragged. down to Galway for a gig. Yeah. Wow. And I don't think we got down until maybe 2008 or 2009. Yeah, I think but, it was um, Punk's Picnic was always. Yeah, in, those were amazing. Outside, was it Letterkenny? Letterkenny, and then I think Leitrim, Jump Shambo, yeah. I think was the one after that. Yeah. And you guys played both, I think. I think so. Yeah. But there was always quite great, a, a heavy, like, Galway contingent. And it was always a really good atmosphere, and all the yeah. bands going really well. Because we always had packed shows, no matter who played. Yeah, we always and had that, really good that was the thing that always struck me about it. It was really tough, especially when Axis of started playing in Belfast. It took a while for people to, to get come to our shows, and then we went to Galway, and it was like every show we played was great. Yeah, but not that they were there for us. It was it was a scene. Oh, they were. They but liked you guys had riffs. Yeah, yeah, and Galway always liked riffs. Yeah, I mean, do do you kind of look back on that? fondly now that you're in Vancouver yeah, I miss it a lot yeah I miss it um, The, I think even you travel I think the the connection you'll have with Irish people will always be I know that sounds romantic but it'll always be stronger sometimes than meeting people from a different culture yeah. and then what you'll get from an, uh, meeting an Irish punk is even like more of a tighter connect than I'll ever find with yeah. anyone I think ever yeah. so I have my friends here I have two friends from Ireland that are from me they're both Irish punks and I find there's that connection growing up in the same place in the same mindset is I miss it like crazy I miss the the camaraderie that we would have yeah and Vancouver is still amazing it's amazing because everyone here sets up gigs if you're in a band you set up gigs and yeah. there's a really the DIY ethic is pretty militant here which yeah. I really like and it's pretty much all always all ages um, I, I think that's amazing I wish I could have done that in Galway but we were definitely anchored to bars yeah, more and yeah. pubs because there's no basements and Ireland wasn't blessed with basements because of our soil yeah. I think and did you want to speak about some of the bands I, I've got here your two bands called Cut Their Ends and Stick Around oh yeah the big one for me was Only Fumes and Corpses yeah they're amazing I remember hearing Drawing Lines amazing yeah and it was just like this band that sound better than Comeback Kid and yeah. they're in Galway so good what's going on with that yeah they were genius Mama was a genius lyricist they were all they all had that sense of politics to them which yeah. I really loved about I just um, said this is like you know, rage in their music. Yeah. You know, this underlying like best shows I've ever anger, been to. Yeah, and they were all from the countryside. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah all everyone. I think they were all from Ballina, like Lockeray. So they're all from the pretty small towns. Yeah, and they played like the best hardcore punk I've ever heard. Yeah, and they were super melodic. Their shows were always like a thrill. They set the set the I don't know what this song. Yeah, they the, kind of. Um, Leading the charge. Yeah, they did that. Everybody in Galway followed. Yeah, and I ripped them off. <laughs> did it better. Yeah, <laughs> no, I didn't. We all did. Yeah, I, I remember it. like writing, writing down, and I was like, chords that sound like yeah, fumes and chords. Dan was good at that, and yeah. octaves. Yeah, oh, they were so so yeah. good. And then and then they, I don't even know if they played the last show. They think no, I did they? I did they not? They maybe have. I'm almost sure Lobotomy's played it. That, Maybe I think it was Cut the, the last show in one And Lobotomies played it Yeah I think they did They played Belfast I think they played yeah. Belfast Alright and when I go back This summer I'm going to ask them Will they just do it Just for me Just, just for <laughs> yeah. you just, just in your Just room. for me I was their biggest fan yeah. Still am their biggest fan And I've been in Vancouver For two weeks now 
and I went to a house show. Oh, the Off House, yeah. Yeah. It's great. Could you want to talk about that? Because, um, well, I got in and there's it was a 4 p.m. on a Sunday <laughs> yeah, afternoon. Matinee. And it was sunny. And I was like, I'm definitely not in Belfast anymore. No. People would not be putting on shows in their backyard on a Sunday afternoon. No, that place is like an institution, I think, here. I, yeah. I could be, it's 15 years, if not longer, maybe. I know, I think Damo, actually, from Asamaza, from Dublin, lived there. Um, and a lot of punks traveling through will always stay there because the rent is pretty cheap. Yeah. And it's kind of like an icon, I suppose. Yeah. Because they've been doing shows in the basement for years and years and years. Really, yeah. 15 years, I think. And there always been punks just changing hands it's every not, year. It's not quite a squad, you said? No, no they do. They do, like... not far off. Yeah, it's definitely, like, rougher than places that I've ever lived in yeah, for sure yeah. but uh, yeah I think they just said the rent is pretty low yeah. and they're, but they're always punks which yeah. is really cool and it's still continually nice. changing hands yeah which is really cool yeah I think it's probably the long I think it's might be the only running punk house that long in Vancouver yeah. oh it's, it's, a nice, it's a nice atmosphere and, you yeah know, it's, it's really like, good when I first moved here I was like fuck there's backyard shows because we never did that we had like, no, pub shows you couldn't, you couldn't have done no, that and here it's like warehouses um, where yeah warehouses basements and I love that that's yeah. like the greasy side yeah, totally. Oh, it's a <laughs> Eating my cookies. Oh, well, I think that's that's pretty much it. You were fantastic and oh, a great thank guitarist. You. Thanks. Better than you. Yeah, <laughs> way better than you. <laughs> yeah, I love to be you. Fair, you and uh, guitar plan has never really been showcased to the world. <laughs> no, just you wait. <laughs> yeah, is he gonna play guitar in the next band? Um, maybe. He's such a good bass player. Yeah, he's such very a good. good bass player. You're okay. a great guitarist, though. Thanks. Did you ever email him about his tone? <laughs> no, I'm going to do it, though, because he has a great tone, bass tone. I was going to ask him. I'll, tell, ever... I'll tell you all sake. You don't even need that. <laughs> yeah. It's like that Simpsons episode of, like, uh, do you know Flame and Moo? Yeah. I'll be like, I'll be like that, you know, yeah, give away me. all you in secrets. <laughs> yeah. I was going to give you so much money for it. But anyway, thanks. Thank you. We're shaking hands. <laughs> Get it close to the mic. Head, head hug. <laughs> <laughs> It's madness. It's troubling. <laughs> Trouble. Are you like eight years old now? I am. <laughs> I'm actually talking to you through robotics. Oh, oh, have you been uploaded to the internet? Oh, good. I'm just a downloaded version. That's good. To, that's good to know. Okay, guys, enjoy the podcast. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>